You are listening to episode 185 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games. We've recently picked up games we're currently playing, and this week's game gives new meaning to the Inflation Deflation Challenge. I'm a little disappointed, Ryan. I thought my idea was pretty solid for BMX Triple X. I was going to say Ryan takes off my top in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge, but he, he disagreed. You know, I realized why the game ended where it did now after we found out about the, the censorship. What do you mean? That's why the game just stopped after that one stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were so upset. We were playing uh, Strip BMX, and I got Ryan down to his undies, and that's where it that stopped. Was, that's where it stopped. So. <laughs> it was pretty fun. We'll talk more about it here in a bit. Uh, but on today's episode, we'll be talking about PlayStation and Microsoft here, or Sony and Microsoft. So uh, one of the articles that we're going to discuss that came out is PlayStation says half of its releases will be PC and mobile in 2025. The PS4 has sold six units a minute compared to the PS5, which is selling nearly 1,000 units a minute. Um, that's very, pretty much comparison uh, between life cycles, and we'll go into that deeper. And then also, Microsoft has continued to iterate on an Xbox cloud streaming device codenamed Keystone, which we talked about, I don't know, several ago. months ago. I don't remember exactly. But uh, all that said, you can find us on vgamedeflators.com, which is currently not up to date. Uh, we'll have to div- dig into that. We always talk about that, and we never do. Uh, on Facebook, at The Game Deflators, on Instagram, at The Game Deflators, and Twitter, at Game Deflators, because they don't like the. You could find us on the podcast app you're listening to now, or another awesome podcast application out there. And of course, leave us a five-star review. Six if possible, but we will suffice with five. All right, Ryan, recent pickups. Uh, I will go first, because I'm super excited about this pickup. I picked up a smoker, slash propane grill. That, that, that was my pickup this week. Can it play Doom? You know what? It does have a little screen on it, so I would <laughs> challenge figure, challenge out there. Challenge accepted. Let's play Doom on a barbecue. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. So you'll you'll have some ribs in your future here at some point. I so, look forward to it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, what else did I pick? I picked up some magic cards for my deck because I played some magic last night, and I got seventh place out of 22, which wasn't bad. I was a little pissed off that they didn't go into a fifth round because I would have had a better opportunity to top four uh, with that. Um, so that kind of sucked, but it wasn't bad. It was a new deck. I hadn't played it before. I had some misplays, but overall played it pretty straightforward. And, um, you know, what I ended up losing to was really the one deck in the meta that is going to cause the biggest issues for me. And it seemed like everybody was playing that deck last night Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And like last week, the deck I faced that, or two weeks ago, the deck I faced that was an issue was the deck that would have given that deck problems in the meta. I faced it three times. So it was an interesting night, but I finished three and one, which wasn't bad, but I only got a promo out of it, which really kind of speaks to the fact that they should have done more rounds for 22 people. Yeah. There. You know, usually you go to five and you break out to a top eight, which I would have broken up the top eight. And then, cause after round four, it would have been top eight and then actually it should have been more. And then you have top five and then top four uh, play after that, but they didn't want to go that late basically. So realistically, we should have been ending around 12 or one and we didn't. Um, I mean, I that's that's an issue for me. I'm an old man now. I don't want to stay up that I mean, late. it's an issue for me, too, and I'd rather go home. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I had a chance to, like, play yeah. higher if they would have followed, like, standard, you know, process for tournament play, and they didn't. So uh, 
thumbs down the Baxters on that one. Like, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but, you know, hopefully I do it right next time. Uh, so, also playing, uh, played some Apex this week. I got to Silver Rank 2 in Arenas. And I'm um, probably about, I don't know, two wins away from hitting Silver 1. And after that, it becomes more difficult. And then, hopefully, Gold. Uh, so, who knows? I might play some more of that today to hit Gold Rank if I can. Uh, I also played some Ocarina of Time. Water Temple is the easiest temple. Really? What the hell people are talking about? Like, Are you using a guide? No. I just beat the Water Temple straight out. Like, It wasn't an issue for me. Wow. Yeah, so I, I don't know Maybe why... Maybe it's because you're not 10. Maybe. Maybe if you were 10, it would have been harder. But like the Forest Temple was relatively hard compared to that one. Maybe it's because you're not 10. Maybe. And then the Fire Temple You don't have like, that child's ingenuity. <laughs> I thought the Fire Temple was harder than the... Uh, the water temple like it's gotten progressively easier like forest temple is hard then you had the fire temple which was moderately difficult and then the water temple was fairly easy i think next is the um i forget which temple it is but it's another temple dark something, something like that it's like the time temple or dark temple i don't remember but either way i've got another temple i've got to go to um and that one i'm actually in the city i gotta be at. actually no i had to turn into a kid again and do some stuff and then turn back into an adult to get to where I need to go, basically. Like, that's kind of how it works out. So, um, yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. I would say I was hoping to beat it this, you know, by today, but that obviously wasn't the case. So hopefully during this weekend, three-day weekend, I might have an opportunity to beat it because uh, I can stay up a little later on Sunday than normal. Um, and also today I'll stay up as well and play a little more. So that's where I'm at with that one. And then uh, my wife and I are playing Beyond Two Souls. Uh, so it's one of the uh, Quantic Dream Collections games. So you have uh, Heavy Rain, this, and then Detroit Becoming Human. And we're obviously playing Beyond Two Souls, where you have this character Jody who has this other soul in her. I forget what it's called, but um, I think it's an entity is what they call Dennis. it. No, it's not Dennis. It's uh, Aiden, and, uh, or Aiden, however you want to pronounce it. And yeah, basically you use him to like control different things. Like you can take control of people, you can kill them, you can move objects, you can do all this crazy stuff. And then of course you have, you're playing as her for the physical component of it and exploring. And like with a lot of these games, it's more so not necessarily on like the, you know, the gameplay component, but it's more so on the cinematic experience that you get from the story. So you have different pathways you can go after every section or chapter. It obviously shows you, hey, like 75% of people did this, 18% of people did this or didn't do this, uh, and so on. And uh, we're, I think, pretty far. I haven't checked to see like how long it takes to beat this game. Um, but I would say we're probably pretty far. So let's just see how long to beat beyond two souls and it says 10 and a half hours in length uh for the game so i would say we're almost about done like it wouldn't shock me if we beat it today and then it'll be her game next and i can't remember which game she decided we're gonna play uh but that, yeah that's where we're at with that so how about yourself so uh this week i grabbed uh star wars jedi fallen order Oh, how is it? On Game Pass. And it's fun. Uh, I really like the opening. Um, it's super Star Wars-y feeling. Uh, the droid is super cute. The main guy, I don't know, he's so-so so far. Uh, I'm not very far in at all to the game. And the platforming's like, 
okay in this first area that I'm in. Like I'm running around doing zip lines, using force powers to slow things down and jump around. There's a lot of ledges that I feel like I should be able to climb on, but I can't climb on, and that's a little frustrating. But so far, so good. I'm digging it. It's like Dark Souls Star Wars, right? Yeah, I mean, people are saying that, and I guess we'll see how much that holds up. Like, so far, I don't have, like, oh, I died and lost all my experience or anything like that. Like, I've died a ton of times just falling off of ledges, and it doesn't seem like it's really a big deal. Um I don't know. It's cool. It feels good with like deflecting lasers and stuff. And yeah. I think one of the biggest things I remember people saying that is weird is always a weird thing in Star Wars, which is like if you're fighting a big monster and you're not just like cutting it in half with a lightsaber, it's kind of it loses that lightsaber thing because most other dudes you just like and they're just gone. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but so far, so good on that. I did beat Trek to Yomi. Oh, nice. So you beat a game. Yes, I did. I beat nice. Trek to Yomi. That's number two on the year. No, that's like number four or five. Really? Yeah, because I beat Death's Door and I beat uh, Nobody Saves the World. And then you beat uh, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Trek to Yomi is okay. I think that the... Visuals and everything that it's getting praised for definitely deserves all that. Um, the story is a little so-so. Like, it just kind of feels like you're taking forever to really get started. And then the combat loses me. It's like a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It only takes like a few hits to kill mostly anything. Uh, if you're playing at higher difficulties, it only takes a few hits to kill you. Yeah. But the thing that really breaks the combat down is just like you have a three hit combo that you get really early in the game that's just like XXY. And on that Y attack, whoever it hits, they're just stunned. And then you just hit like one button to do an instant finishing blow that heals you also. So. And you don't need to make contact or anything on those first two hits. You yeah. can just, like, dry fire this combo out and then just boink somebody on the head with the last hit and just kill them. So that kind of just makes the whole game, like, really nothing. Yeah. And then the boss fights were, like, a little more challenging. But for the most part, it just wasn't really... It was one of those games that looks really good but just doesn't hold up well to how well it looks. I actually did a little looking into speedrunning on it. I didn't watch like any runs or anything, but it's down to like close to an hour already. And there's only like a handful of people running it. And I was like, eh, maybe this would be something to look into because like it's cool. It's got like a couple different like path options. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, though, I can imagine this being a pretty easy game to just like run through and combo, 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 kill everything. But I just, I don't know. It's not engaging enough i think if you actually want to look at speed running a game it's got to be something that you find like super fun and really want to get into not just like a meh kind of experience so gotcha. it's i do want to look more at speed running something at some point just to try it out but i don't think this will be it and then um me and the wife play in detroit become human still we're just about done with that like we're right at the end there almost be funny if next week you beat that one and i beat mine yeah, it'll yeah. definitely be that way yeah and then uh i don't know i think that there's some stuff coming up soon that should be good mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, we don't really have it on the news today, but they did announce the state of play for PlayStation coming up. I think that, um, you know, I don't know if I'm really going to stick to this Star Wars game. I might just test it out. I tried going back and playing a little bit of Elden Ring Mm -hmm. last weekend after we talked about it. And the problem is, like, I played a hundred and some hours of that game in, like, three weeks. And then I stopped, like, cold turkey for a couple months. I played it for, like, an hour. Did a few things. And now I have to go somewhere else. And I don't know how to get there. Like, (laughs) I spent, like, an hour and a half wandering around the map this week. Because, like, I can see where I'm supposed to go on the map. But I can't get there in the world and i don't know why find <laughs> a different it's path. frustrating gotta find I'm, a different path well i'm in this city so it's like i'm going up and down these buildings and trying to like go along these walls and i'm just like not finding like my way out of the maze time to google how to get to x location yeah i know i tried looking it up a little bit and then i think i gave up and made a sandwich or something <laughs> i downloaded like a whole nother game this week too i downloaded this um little witch of the forest i think i've heard of that one yeah it looks really cute it's kind of like a stardew valley-esque um you know you're like a little sprite and going around doing mm-hmm. stuff for like town people and i think you're like making witchy potions and doing stuff like you know kind of like a life sim yeah. fun game makes sense but i don't know i booted it up and i played like the first 10 minutes just having these like cute little conversation things on the train but it's just like sometimes anymore i start up a game and i'm super anticipating like wanting to play it but like waiting that half hour for a game to install sometimes just sucks all of the let's do this and by the time it's finally done i just am not yeah. ready to go at it at that point so i don't know man sometimes i think i'm just old and not as into games as much anymore dude it's um uh, it's something once you have a certain age i guess there's so much going on too like could i have and dude this kind of speaks to like once you like own a house and you know have the whole family thing going on versus gaming like i bought that smoker and i went out to like target to go pick it up could i have been playing games and picked it up in the morning sure but i was like no it's nine o'clock i gotta go grab my smoker then the next day it's like could i have played games no i'm gonna set that bitch up yeah you know like little things like that and like once you leave i'm gonna finish it yeah <laughs> like i'm probably not even gonna play and i'm gonna go do some yard work so it's right you know there's just so many other things going on versus when we were younger which sucks but you know it's reality all right First topic we have is PlayStation says half of its releases will be on PC. Hold on, John. And, wait, what did you have? Well, if what if our our listeners want to relate to us about being old? Where can they reach us and, and let us know how they feel about being old? I already did that part, oh, but I'll you? tell them again. I, I totally spaced out then. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry. What Ryan's referring to is you can find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, at The Game Deflators, and on Twitter, at Game Deflators, as well as our website, but you should let us know on social um and ryan promises to be on there all the time he'll answer all your questions right yeah all right ask ryan ask ryan that'll be a new hashtag uh so playstation says half of its releases will be on pc and mobile by 2025 this is andy robinson at video game chronicle and uh video games chronicle i should say so 
I think this is pretty interesting. I mean, as a PlayStation owner, is it upsetting in a sense to know that all of these games, and it, I mean, this could be new releases as well, but all of, the, all of these games are at least 50% are going to be on both PC and mobile in 2025. Obviously, mobile is going to be iterations. It's not going to be the full-fledged title, and they've already talked about... Unless it's streaming. Unless it's streaming. Um, but I mean, if you're doing streaming, you could technically stream on a variety of areas. I don't think it's necessarily been streaming they're talking about, whereas... We, I think we covered in the article last week um, that they are talking about having certain franchises ported over to mobile for like a new look, basically, on mobile. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's really. It'll probably be a combination game. of both. It could be. Yeah, it could be. Like we'll probably see, you know, some games you can stream from PlayStation Now or PlayStation Plus, whatever the new super tier that has streaming in. Yeah. Like they'll have some releases on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that being the case. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to it, it it is upsetting to a sense, but at the same time, I mean, this is what Sony needs to do to survive, right? Like, there's a lot of competition to market between mobile games, between different types, like Oculus is out there for your VR component and everything else says VR. You got Steam, you got PC growing consistently year over year. Uh, Microsoft with the Xbox, Nintendo, who knows if Sega at some point comes out of a woodwork for some strange-ass reason, or Apple. So lots of competition out there, and the only way to truly continue to bring in more revenue without, of course, raising prices even significantly higher is to start expanding. And it makes sense to go into PC and mobile and where those gamers are. Uh, So rather than alienate those gamers and not give them those games, give them the games. Um, Obviously, I don't anticipate it being like day one releases, uh, to try and stay faithful to those and, and that model they've had over the Play years. Play it first on PlayStation. Play it best on PlayStation. Yeah, like six months exclusivity or something like that to where people are wanting to buy the PlayStation get it right away. Um, and then jumping on PC with it afterwards. You know, who knows at this point. But uh, I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the next several years. Of course, by the end of this year, I think we'll have some more information as well coming out. Um, but yeah, it's just it's an interesting time to be a gamer. Uh, given all the choices that are out there and then you know obviously seeing something that i've followed for so many years i mean i've been playing playstation for what over 25 years or something so yeah it's it's pretty insane um any thoughts on that yeah so i really hope that this is going to open some doors i think that if playstation is going to really start taking the pc space seriously and releasing some of their games on there Eventually, we're going to wind up having games with cross-play between PlayStation and Sony. Which we already do with things like Apex. Yeah, so I mean, I hope that it opens those gates up even more. And eventually, we get like a lot more multi-platform crossover. Because like even right now, I have games on Game Pass that I have friends on Steam. And we have the same game, but we can't play together. Yeah. So I think that if all of the console games and all of the PC games are sharing a space it it should make it easier to cross platform hopefully and i know that you know for the most part sony has been one of the biggest people blocking that mm-hmm. and not in favor of it so you know that could hopefully change some things yeah no and i would love to see more cross play um you know down the road it's kind of an interesting playing on apex because you do have the uh you know the pc players on there as well which i have that turned off but if i'm playing with my brother um i have to turn it back on and, and that kind of sucks because then i'm matched up against pc players and it's just you're they at just a disa- have point and click yeah you're at a disadvantage i mean there's good console players but i don't play a game like apex enough to 
you know, be on there set up as Predator, not Jared Predator, but Predator on Apex. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's it, it's just something, man. So we'll see what happens down the road. But I, I would love to have the opportunity to play with more PC players and things like uh, Elden Ring down the road when I start that. Um, you know, and, and non-shooter based games where it's a little, I would say a little more difficult, I guess, to, um, to have that point click advantage. So, yeah. All right. Uh, the next thing here, which is pretty interesting is the PS4 sold, uh, six units a minute and the PS5 is selling nearly 10,000. And this is Paul 1, Tassi. 1,000. Sorry, did I say 10,000? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 1,000. And that's, uh, Paul Tassi at Forbes. So, uh, what they did here is they looked at, they analyzed what the PS4 is selling at this point in its life cycle in comparison to what the PS5 is currently selling. And, you know, at that point, uh, you might have to pull the exact stats, but it was like... So they sold f- 80,000 units in nine days of the PS4 mm-hmm. versus the PS5 sold 80,000 units in about 82 minutes. Yeah, so it's about uh, 1,000 units a minute, right? Is yeah. that what it comes out to? Yeah, so 1,000 units a minute versus... CPMs, the new measurement. CPM. Consoles per minute. Oh, consoles per minute. That's that's how we're running 1,000 CPMs here. Yeah, I was thinking to marketing stuff. I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure right off the bat what CPM is. Um, sometimes I have to Google those things. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting to, to kind of see that that's what it's selling at currently. But, you know, a lot of that is tied to, of course, the global demand. And, you know, and they even call out, within this article specifically that like Sony has said they're going to still have shortages and slowdowns and all this other stuff going in 2023, which is kind of crazy to think about that because a lot of that stuff has opened up, um, you know, on a global scale. I think, I don't think we're, I think it's more so at least in the U S it's gotta be a jobs aspect, you know, not enough people to freight that stuff out things sitting at port because they don't have enough drivers or, you know, even, I don't know, captains to bring product over. Well, there's I'm, the chip shortage, be. manufacturing, just getting them out. I don't know if that's still even that big of a deal anymore. No, it though. is. Yeah, that's going to be lasting until like probably 2024 now, they're thinking. But like, really? yeah, there's like a significant push for, um, was it? Oh, yeah, it wasn't this one that I noted. So like, I heard somebody talking last week, um, you know, console revision for ps5 like that's been rumored for a long time but not necessarily pro but slim you know because if they can hack that big box down and make it cheaper to produce and smaller to ship Mm -hmm. they're going to stand a lot better chance of getting more out there so you know i think that this is a really weird number to boast about and a weird way to measure console sales but i mean it does show you how unbelievably well the ps5 is still doing and how odd it is now that like even though you know demand is still crazy high like uh scalper prices are actually coming down yeah they are and availability is slowly starting to get it's not like they're just available but more people are able to get their hands on them in stores versus just getting them all bought it offline. Well, and I recently I've had the GameStop emails coming through, and uh, it's now two weeks in a row, I think, that they've had bundle releases. Yeah. Um, they're not as good as what I got because my bundle release is definitely better with the charging dock and the extra controller and such. But some of them come with like the Pulse headset and whatnot, which is pretty cool. They just came out with that new bundle that comes with Horizon also. Well, yeah. It's, so the bundle I got was Horizon. Well, this uh, is like Turismo packaged and- in. Yeah. Like, oh, I see. What you're like, it's got Horizon logoing on the box. Oh, that's cool. It's a pack-in title. 
it's you know a little more expensive but actually they showed the on the uk sales chart this week it shot horizon sales up because you know you get that sale every time you sell a bundle so it's going to start shooting up and getting more and more sales recorded yeah that makes sense um yeah, and one other thing to kind of point out here is that this isn't necessarily a reflection on total units sold either. So, you know, when they say, yeah, it's selling a thousand units per minute, you know, they're just factoring in that based on when it's available and how long, how fast it's selling out by unit. Yeah, yes, a, thousand, getting a thousand units per minute for 10 minutes once a week. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's not like round the clock, this ticker just shooting up. Yeah. So given the widespread availability of the PS4 back in that period of time, it makes sense that it would have sat on shelves longer despite the fact that it sold a lot more units um, back then. I think that maybe it has to do with the fact that like when the PS4 came out, like you know, it was not now. Like, we've just come off of a two-year hype cycle for this console that was, like, unbelievable. And, you know, more and more people got into gaming in that time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that as popular as the PS4 was, gaming just still wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Oh, yeah. I mean, every year it's become more and more popular, so it totally makes sense. And, you know, as we said... um, they're not really available. They're not widespread or not widely spread available at this point. Um, and so, yeah, you're just going to run into these situations where the console seems like it's selling a hell of a lot more when realistically it's not really uh, selling compared to the other unit. And, um, yeah, just the availability is uh, the main issue here, I think. Um, outside of that, though, which is pretty interesting, I was reading another article earlier in the week. Um, I don't remember who it was, but they had referenced the Nintendo Switch and how... Uh, Nintendo has no idea what they're going to do and and whether it's continue to sell this thing and it will overtake the PS2. Like it's bound to, there's no way that the PS2 holds up that record given even when the newest Nintendo console comes out, even if it's a year from now, they're still going to sell Nintendo switch for a while regardless. Right. So, um, it's kind of interesting to see like how things have progressed, you know, over that span between the PS3 to, to now, um, and how these consoles are selling. Cause even then, I mean, when you consider, you know, the Wii was a huge success back then, but you had, what, 83 million units or something and 82 million units, respectively, for both the uh, Xbox and the uh, PlayStation back then. Uh, to see, you know, the PlayStation selling, like, 100 million-plus units, the PlayStation 4, and then this one outselling from a CPM standpoint, um, it's just going to be interesting to see how the next, you know, several years go with these console life cycles and what we're at. And obviously population and, and those things are factored in or have to be factored in too. So, yeah, I'm interested to see all the numbers down the road. Uh, all right. So, exclusive. Microsoft continues to iterate on an Xbox xCloud, or <laughs> xCloud is probably what it'll be called, Xbox Cloud uh, streaming device codenamed Keystone. We talked about this a while back. This is Windows Central. Uh, that brought this up, and it's Jez Corden. So it's the first time we've referenced these guys. Um, you know, what they're essentially iterating here is that they are planning on releasing a dongle-like device that will allow you to stream Xbox games, uh, or really just games in general, so Xbox specifically, I guess, uh, onto a TV or any sort of other device that will accept that, has a screen, and so on. I think, for me personally... This is a fantastic entry into being able to play certain Xbox games that I want to play without having to dive into a Series S or a Series X and all of that craziness, right? 
if I have the ability to say, have a dongle that I could take with me wherever I want, have an Xbox controller that I can use whenever I need to play those games, and it can be on my TV down here, it could be on my TV in this room, it could be upstairs, wherever it needs to be, at a friend's house, you know, I can, I can take that dongle, I can play that game and enjoy whatever game I want. I don't have to be fully committed to the console. I can do three months of Game Pass specifically for streaming, play those games, move on to something else. You know, I, I think that's a great way to look at it uh, versus, you know, needing to purchase a Series S, which would be nice. I mean, having a consistency in the Game Pass and all that stuff. But I think the well, streaming is a nice aspect for somebody that doesn't really want to buy a bunch of Xbox games. Like, all I really want to play on Xbox right now is Senua. Yeah. That's the only thing I want to play right now on the Xbox. Yeah. Like, I mean, I bought my Xbox, and the only thing that I own on it is Elden Ring. Yeah. So, and I mean, even last week, or I think it was a few weeks ago now, when Xbox had that outage, it was, like, difficult. Like, I was able to play that a little bit, but there was, like, an issue trying to get logged into it at least once. So, like, this, um, you know, this is definitely a good entry point. People will be able to really get invested for a little with this. I mean, when Stadia launched, they were doing a hundred bucks for their dongle and controller, and they had a way you could get it for free. So they might even be able to do like, hey, you know, buy a year of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, get a dongle and a controller. Or you get both for $150 or, or some kind of way. But basically, they need to get an Xbox controller in your hands as well as the dongle in your TV. And I mean, this article alludes to it with the picture that it has. I don't know that it really says anything specific that I remember. But I did hear people talking that, you know, maybe a dongle isn't the way that they're going to go. Like this image in... The article here is more of like a little box, almost like a Ouya yeah. or something, you know, something that has at least enough tech in it to do everything that you're going to want to have it be able to handle doing, Yeah, uh, which won't be too much at all. But, you know, if it is like a little kind of box thing and now you need an HDMI, now you need, you know, maybe... Um, its own power cord whereas with like i know the regular chromecast you just plug it in yeah and if you have an h if you have a usb port on your tv you plug that in but for the stadia one it actually had a wall plug that also had an ethernet port on it so that you could run to your like modem or or router or whatever and then run that off so you could get a hard line in I think something like that definitely is going to benefit something like this where you're going to need more than just one USB and one HDMI to make this work yeah. really effectively. No, it makes sense. Um, you know, I, I could see them going either way on this. I mean, I, obviously we haven't seen any prototype-like images. Right now it's kind of all guessing games and hearsay for the most part. And yeah, we have heard a little bit from Xbox execs on it, but not a ton. And, uh, you know, I think no matter which direction they go, whether it's like that Ouya type of situation or like a Chromecast dongle, I think they're going to see some pretty good success with this regardless. I mean, as you told me before you started recording, like, hey, Microsoft's a software company, which is which is right. You know, they're not 
predominantly in hardware and they've been pushing their streaming or really not even streaming services, but they've been pushing their Game Pass so much in the last few years that they've got what, I think last we checked was like 20 million subscribers. I mean, this is going to skyrocket for them over time. And something like this, that makes it even easier for people to get into streaming games is just going to increase that membership further. Um, so, I mean, good times for Microsoft and uh, I think good times for folks like me that really don't want to fully dive in. Yeah. You know? And it looks like they've been working on this for a couple of years already. So they're kind of with this article saying that they're scrapping kind of what they've worked on so far. They're going to take that and iterate on it and learn from it. And hopefully that means, you know, we're coming upon them just trying to find what the best way to market it is going to be. And we'll probably, you know, it's way too close this year. But maybe this time next year, we'll see this as like a headlining product at a Microsoft convention in the summer. I wonder if something like this was going to be like announced, at, you know, like an E3. And then with E3 being canceled, they're like, well, not happening now. But I mean, there's other game shows, obviously. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if this is one of those. They've got their own can... uh, thing coming up in the second week of June, I think. I don't know. I don't really follow Microsoft too much. So. You know, there's some games, you know, that I've looked at that are interesting. But like I said, the only one I really want to play right now is Senua. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well, next we've got our inflation deflation challenge for a week. And we played some BMX XXX. It was developed by Z-Axis, published by Acclaim Entertainment. Uh, it was released in November of 2002. And it is a sports game, specifically BMX. Uh, and a reception of 5 to 6 out of 10 of it received and um yeah brian if you want to give your thoughts first on this one man well so first a little bit of history so z-axis is the same company that did the dave mira games which we were both talking about when we were playing this you know it really reminds us of that and we think dave mira was a good time and that's exactly why we get that feeling so it seems like dave mira 3 was coming along but i I don't know there was just something wrong with it and claim didn't really believe in what they were doing. Uh, so they decided to add a lot of raunch and vulgar humor and, you know, some boobs and, and call it a day and hope that that would really push this into the market as, you know, something better. And I laughed so hard when we were playing like the hardcore mode and you had to deliver strippers to the inn in the Bronx. (laughs) (laughs) It's like five strippers. So, uh, yeah, this game's okay. Honestly, we played the PS2 version after reading up on it. We found out that the PS2 version is actually the censored version. So we did not get to fulfill our young boy fantasies of seeing BMX boobies. But that's okay, because who needs that? Uh, We had an all right time trying to, I don't know, like do their little mini game challenges they have. They've got like three different ones. One is just like freestyle whoever gets the highest score in two minutes uh the other one was a very weird game where it was kind of like in tony hawk where you have to go around and collect the vhs tapes but you got to collect these boom boxes and it's a versus mode so one person is on a bike the other person is like basically like an invisible mounted turret with like five or six different types of guns grenades rocket launchers well they're supposed to be paintballs there's supposed to be paintballs, but there's nothing yeah. paintball about them. And uh, you just have to shoot the other person 
because this is the only sports game I've ever seen where you have like a life meter. So most of these events end if you fall off your bike too many times and die. Or I guess in the shooting one, if you shoot them too many times yeah. before they collect all the boom boxes. So that wasn't super fun. And then the last one we did is, of course, like the highlight of this game, I suppose, which is the like strip challenge where you go head to head. And every time you set a new rank for um, highest combo string, the next person loses an article of clothing and you go back and forth and John got me all the way down to my underwear before the PS2 stopped us because right. it doesn't go deeper than the underwear. Well, I know you um, were like, why are you going to play? Like, why are you going to buy this? It makes no sense for you to buy this. I just bought it on the Xbox. So uh, I will sell my PS2 version and then we will revisit this and play oh, some, some strip BMX and see how it works out. Just watch a let's play, John. <laughs> I already bought it. We, I, our, I, as soon as he booted this game up, I was like, well, I guess it, at least if we play it today, we never have to play it again. We got to play it again now on, oh, uh, on the Xbox. We'll have to do our comparison of uh, the boobies and no boobies. Honestly, like the gameplay is whatever. Like the music was really good, though. I, I definitely yeah. liked the soundtrack to this. It's banging soundtrack, but like I, I think that Dave Mira has the nostalgia for me and i'd rather play that than play more of this well so here's the thing i bought this game for five dollars a long time ago actually probably cheaper than that probably about three bucks from the shop i used to work at um because at the time it was only a five dollar game it is now valued uh if we look at the brass tax and I'll, I'll go into my thoughts as well but you know for this specific version complete in boxes sitting at 1998 peaked at 2367 february it's trending up and then uh a loose copy will run you 990 1529 peak this was uh june but that really, was an outlier yeah, just but, like one high spike yeah but realistically you're looking at 1047 in july so uh and i guess we'll go into the other ones really quick so most expensive version is 39.95 on the gamecube uh complete in box and the cheapest version is a loose pal version at 887 ps2 yeah ps2 so i've got a ps2 version complete in box i just purchased an xbox version complete in box i will sell my ps2 version to make up some of that money uh, to be able to, you know, for all those buyers out for there, for all those buyers out there that are interested <laughs> in my loose copy of BMX triple X or complete in box copy. Oh, um, it's loose. It, it, <laughs> so bad. The Xbox version is loose, not this one. So, you know, I enjoyed myself. I played some Dave Mira in the past. Uh, this was actually a lot of fun. I thought the soundtrack was phenomenal. It was right up my alley. And what I wanted to hear definitely reminded me of those Tony Hawk. Oh, songs. Dude, you definitely have to put a condom in that game when you sell it. Oh my god! <laughs> I just, just as a little pack-in bonus. I don't know if I have any, but I just might. Uh, I'll have to look. Yeah, pack-in bonus, or just put some KY lube in there or something. Uh, <laughs> no, they don't need it. It's it's censored. Like, why is this disc all lubed up? <laughs> <laughs> it's so slimy. It, it runs better in the PS. Two that way it runs better trust me too. yeah just trust us yeah it's a smoother running game <laughs> it uh, glides yeah <laughs> what's this the outside plastic is ribbed <laughs> uh, so bad uh so getting back into it man like i i really did enjoy the soundtrack i thought the controls were pretty good i felt that the characters were actually pretty solid as well 
Um, you know, I, I didn't get too much into the different types of moves. I did do a Superman, and funny enough, I said Superman that hoe in the middle mm -hmm. of it because I was, you know, playing somebody. And uh, that was pretty fun. The the grinding and all was really cool. Um, not grinding, grinding, but this game probably does have it at some point. Uh, and, I mean, we only played the first level, obviously, because we didn't unlock a bunch of other levels. But, you know, I thought it was pretty wide open and, and fun and, and what we had. Uh, There's some light character area. customization. Yeah. You know, it, it isn't up to par with things like Tony Hawk, obviously. Like, Tony Hawk is just on a totally different level in, in terms of those, like, wider areas and levels that you have. Um, I just think BMX was, games never really caught on the no, same way. They never really did. And, you know, it's kind of a shame. But at the same time, it's... You know, there's so many different tricks you can do on a skateboard, and yeah, you can do a bunch of tricks on a, you know, on a BMX bike, but... It doesn't feel it, as attainable. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, you feel like you can skateboard anywhere, but yeah. you feel like you can only bike if you have, like, a bike park. Yeah, like, for skateboard, you can do a kickflip, you can do uh, ollies on the stuff, you can do a backflip, you can do and multiple I know spins. There's and a lot of flat landing BMX tricks and stuff out there. There are. Like, there's definitely... But this game didn't have any of that flat landing stuff. No, and I mean, I found myself doing predominantly more like backflips and a couple front flips here and there. Uh, tail whip occasionally. Like you couldn't even wheelie. No, I, I mean, you probably can, but we just didn't figure it out. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, I was trying to wheelie multiple times and I couldn't. Um, you could do the thing where like you stall the bike. Yeah, on, like, the edge. life meter, I think, is what the worst aspect of this game was because it like... It stops you from... Stops you from progressing. Yeah. It, I mean, and I guess it adds an extra level of challenge. And maybe if you just don't suck, like, it doesn't even matter. But, like, that's what was kind of dumb with um, the strip piece, right? Like, theoretically, I could have opened up with, like, a six or seven trick combo. And then just, like, knocked my character out. Like, kept falling over mm -hmm. and over and over again until my life meter went down. Because if you can't get that seven trick combo, I'm gonna win. Yeah. Right. And it's actually kind of difficult to hit a seven trick combo sometimes. Like you gotta grind on multiple things, hit a couple like can cans here and there, and then finally grind onto another rail. Like, and that's assuming you can hit it all within a certain period of time and not fall. Right. So I did find that to be a little lackluster with the life meter. That that was, I think, the biggest downfall of this game. And you know, one thing I don't know, I feel like I should point this out. We were playing on the first level, and there's got to be some interactivity in the level like there is in Tony Hawk to you, where you can drain the pool. Because there's a pool in that level, but it's full of water. Yeah. And you drown if you go in it. Why would you ever put a pool of water in a game where you would rather go into the pool like a bowl? So I'm thinking there might be more to the game than we... We know. Well, there is. Because yeah. I mean, like, when we entered the Bronx level, you had to chat with you know filthy joe the homeless guy or something and then you know pick up strippers and take them to the inn and uh, there's a variety of other tasks that you're supposed to do and i imagine some of that will lead up to the pool draining yeah um you know similar to some of those tony hawk games uh it's been a long time since i played the dave mirror game so i really can't make as many comparisons there but uh you know pretty solid overall if you're able to interact like the tony hawk games yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we went over to complete in box and everything. Um, you know, the PS2 version, like I said, 1998, a loose version sitting at 990. Uh, what are your thoughts, man? Is this, uh, is this worth nearly 20 bucks? I think, you know, I want to call this one deflated, really? but not for price reasons. 
so bad. I, uh, <laughs> you know, you could increase sizes of the character in that game. We just had to unlock it. Yeah, I don't think that... Um, I don't think this is really worth picking up. I'll call this, like... I don't know. It's fine. I'll call it just right because, like, honestly, it's pretty close in price to the other versions. And Well, this is a cheaper version, I think. Overall. Yeah. Um, well, actually, no, it's about right on par of Xbox because what I just paid was $19.99 or something. Yeah, so I think that it's just about right. Like, it's a fine game. It's probably not the best version of the game, I guess, or maybe it is the best version, depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. But I just, I don't know. It There's no reason, I think, to buy this over maybe, like, a better game, unless maybe the soundtrack is better than the other soundtracks for you. Yeah. I'm sure it controls probably very similar. Yeah, you know, and like you said, it was made by the same studio, essentially, that did Dave Mira. Um, so, or at least released by. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities there. Uh, so, I would say at, you know, $19.98, $10 roughly, I would say it's just right as well. And that's a lot of that's factored into, like, the fact that this across all three consoles only sold, what, 140,000 units worldwide? Yeah, it was under 160. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not talking a lot of sold units. Now, I'm sure a lot of those are sitting in, like, thrift stores and stuff or, you know, got burned over time uh, when they got sent back to the, uh, you know, the... I mean, it wasn't M Games, so it might have not had very much secondary release. Like, I don't know if, like, a lot of Walmarts are going to pick that up for a bargain bin game. Well, even, even back when... I remember there were talks about this game being AO as well. Uh, because there is like an unlockable scene. I think mm, it's in the yeah, GameCube that's version. Right. Yeah, it's on the GameCube scene. and Xbox version. Yeah, so there's some sort of unlockable scene with like strippers and stuff and uh, like some club. So, you know, I'm sure a lot of uh, big box retailers probably just didn't even pick this up. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, which is why, you know, I think uh, Sony probably went that direction of censoring just because it was like, eh, you know, we want to try and sell as many units as possible here. Mm -hmm. um, so I would imagine probably the PlayStation's probably sold the most. You know, the GameCube probably didn't, given the friendly nature of Nintendo, um, you know, and the family-oriented aspect and kids, you know, being the core focus of that back in GameCube days. I could see this being a game that's probably, un not unique, but um, definitely rare on the Nintendo console. Probably. Just because of those numbers. Uh, but okay, so yeah, let's pop in just right on this one. And, um, you know, I think you said you're going to come over next week to record in person. Yes, yeah. we're going to do some stuff. So uh, why don't we let's hook up that Vectrix 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 and play. Um, yeah, let's un unless unless we want to save some of those Vectrix games and do like a top five Vectrix games. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll get it all locked in. I don't know. Maybe we'll play BMX Triple X on the Xbox. No, no. You sure? All right. Well. This has been episode 185 of Game of Players Podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.